Aloha. Today's episode is brought to you by the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources and the Seeds of Wellbeing or SO Project. This podcast is supported by the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network, grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. <laughs> Aloha. Welcome, everyone, to the SOA podcast aimed to pro- provide educational support, information, guidance, and outreach to farmers, ranchers, and our allied agriculture producers in Hawaii. We are your hosts, Mele Oshiro and Shannon Sand. And today we're going to be talking about the COVID-19 agricultural needs assessment that was conducted by Emily Kirk and her team. Emily is the Sustainable and Organic Agricultural Extension Agent based in Kauai County, and she's also part of the SOW Project team. So thank you, Emily, for joining us today. Yes, thank you for joining us, Emily. Can you tell us a little bit about your background and kind of how you came about like your current position? Just so we kind of get some information of where you're from and like how you came to be here. Sure. Yeah. Aloha. And thank you both so much for having me on today. Um, So again, uh, my name is Emily Kirk. And in my current position, uh, I work with edible crop producers on the island of Kauai and focusing Mm -hmm. on sustainable and organic agriculture. Um, But we take a very broad understanding of sustainable uh, to include everyone, all types of producers and all scales, everyone from homesteaders all the way up to the largest operations on the island. Nice. And a little bit about uh, my background. So I've been here for about four years. And prior to that, I was on um, Hawaii Island uh, in on the Hilo side. And I was not working with CTAR, but working, doing experiential education programs with youth um, and also working in Southeast Asia quite a bit. But my background in agriculture, which is really where my heart and my passion it lies, uh, started a long time ago. Uh, and when I was living in California, I've worked on many small farms there. Um, and my formal training is in international agricultural development, as well as soil science. Awesome. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. Wow. So you guys conducted the COVID-19 Ag Needs Assessment. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about what the reasoning was to create the needs assessment and the follow-up that you folks did? Sure. Yeah, so I think this really came about because right when the pandemic first hit uh, in March of 2020, I got a call from one of our community partners who said, you know, this thing is this thing is going off. The markets are closing. What are we going to do? How are we going to support our producers, especially our smaller farms um, and some of the diversified operations that really rely on that direct marketing, direct, whether it's through farmers markets or to restaurants? Um and all of a sudden, their market has evaporated. So that was that was really it. And I, it was amazing to see so many people across the state really mobilize pretty immediately to 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 respond to, to this kind of emerging crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wanted to do a needs assessment early on to kind of take the pulse and get a sense from producers across industries and across the state of what they're what they were experiencing. Such a good reason, right, to conduct a needs assessment and um, try to help help those smaller producers as well as the large ones. But so can you tell us a little bit more about the needs assessment and then what you folks found out um, from that 2020? It's so funny. I want to just get confused because it was 2020, but it was COVID-19 needs assessment. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. But can you tell us more about some of what you guys found from that? 
Um, yeah, definitely. So, uh, so that was the, from the first round that we conducted in um, April of 2020. Um, one of the things that really stood out was again this loss of markets and mm-hmm. and loss of sales. Um, mm-hmm. So, in addition to the fact that everybody was super stressed, right, and there's a lot of uncertainty going on, um, that was the biggest thing that we saw across all, all industries. Um, and affecting not just crop producers, but livestock producers, and also the floriculture industry. Uh, And here in Hawaii, I think a lot of our market is so connected to tourism, um, that as soon as the the tourists stopped coming, which those numbers dropped immediately, immediately, Mm -hmm. and and almost to zero, we had like over a 99% loss (laughs) uh, in just a matter of days. Uh, So um so then you think about things like weddings and events and floral mm-hmm. displays so mm-hmm. we had our even the floriculture industries reporting that they had um all of these events canceled all of these large things that they depend on you yeah. know and it's april it's coming up to mother's day it's coming up to the big uh big wedding season um and and then all of a sudden that evaporates so mm-hmm. uh, and then there's a trick then there's all of the kind of knock-on effects from that, right? Stress, am I going to be able to pay my bills? Um, mm-hmm. Am I going to how be able to pay my workers? Um, am I able to make my lease? Am I able to, yeah. you know, be able to maintain the crops and the animals that are that are in the ground and growing right now? Um, and it was just an incredibly difficult situation. Yeah. 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 I think we had a, there were a lot of, a lot of people basically said all of those things. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and with There's, the livestock industry too, it was uh, the loss of markets, but you still had your animals. What do you do with all the product, right? And even with the other, you know, farmers and producers still, what do you do with all the product now? You still have plants in the ground that need to be harvested. You have animals that are ready to go to market, you know, and no market to send them to. So Yeah, and right off yeah. the bat, we had a lot of shipping issues, whether it was mm-hmm. getting um, animals or produce or like mm-hmm. floriculture plants like out. Like, cause they just, it just literally shut down for several months. I mean, it was, it was a big, big mm-hmm. thing. The fact that ag is still here, I'm really grateful for that. Everybody yeah. was able to like figure out a way to like pivot a lot. So yeah, I think yeah. that speaks a lot to the producers here. So mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah. yeah. So I know you also mentioned a little earlier that you did a follow-up in 2021. So since I know that it literally just finished, but can you, can you give us any information or like, what have you found out from it so far? Yeah. So, so I think it's interesting. We did the follow-up in, tw- in 2021. We wanted to do kind of a one-year follow-up. Um, but the way that the pandemic has been, it's, it's really such a roller coaster. Uh, and the timing was interesting. So when we sent out the, the follow-up, we were in a, a little bit of a, a lull, this kind of optimistic period where, yeah. um, it was before Delta hit and after tourists had started coming back and the markets are open and people are thinking, you know, we've got vaccines now, like we're heading out of the woods. Um, So that that's the context for the follow-up that was conducted um, this year, roughly um, April to July. So really wrapping up right before um, Delta hit. I think that might've affected the responses we got a little bit, Um, but but one of the questions, you know, we still saw, again, a lot of similar things. You know, it's um, cha- not quite as dramatic, but still access to markets is still was still an issue. Um, access to inputs and other supplies that are needed has been really challenging for the last 
throughout this whole oh, thing. Oh, yeah. The last year I think half. that's like something that's across, I mean, all industries yeah. and commodities and stuff that mm-hmm. I know of. Access to inputs, access, to, I mean, access in general just seems to be a big issue right now for ag. Um, especially yeah. here. I mean, it's a big deal even on the mainland too. They're having lots of supply challenges, but like, I, and not just getting the supplies in, but the supplies now are just costing more, right? <laughs> yeah, Everything that costs too, more. It's expensive. Not yeah. just the shipping yeah. to get it here, but the cost itself of the products are so much more. Yeah. If yeah. it's available at all. Um, yeah. You know, and just to circle back for a second, you know, sure. I, I appreciate you mentioned about the livestock and the challenges with shipping, but um, I think one thing that's, uh, was important to understand and for, and for me as a crop person but thinking about how the livestock industry here works something like cattle for example you know they're yeah. dependent on shipping off the the young uh young cattle to mm-hmm. to then be um grown up uh, you know on the mainland for the most part i think something roughly 80 percent melly yep. correct me yeah um, yeah you're right go off island so if you can't ship them off that means you have to feed them we don't, you know, you're not going to be slaughtering. They're not slaughter age or weight yeah. and there aren't facilities for it, but there also isn't feed. So um, that was a very uh, urgent stress that I heard from a lot of livestock producers. Yeah. Um, so it's sourcing inputs, things like seed fertilizer, you know, for our crop folks, um, but also just the, the real lack of um, livestock feed was as an issue mm-hmm. here. Yeah. 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 That was definitely a big issue. And even for some of the um, hog producers, you know, finding some alternative sources. A lot of them sourced um, material and feed resources from the restaurants and, you know, not, they didn't have that. So shutting down. So that was, that is a big and big, still a big thing, I think, because not, you know, even though some have opened back up, they're not in the capacity of what they That's used different. to be. So they, yeah, so they don't have that, um, that, what do you call, I guess, scrap or, you know, all those other resources for them. So Mm-hmm. But I do yeah. think that the industries did a good job pulling together because I think of like in terms of the pork industry, at least here on Big Island, and I think I want to say like Oahu and a couple other places. I know mm-hmm. like the papaya growers because they couldn't export at the time. Yeah. They were able to like help mm-hmm. supplement like the livestock industry in terms yeah. of feed and stuff and support. And some of the macnut growers did that as well. So I, mm-hmm. I really think that like the egg industry in Hawaii is really amazing just in terms of like their ability to pull together in an emergency Mm -hmm. situation and help everybody out. Definitely. So resilient. Um, and it has been amazing. I think that's, you know, one of the, if there is a silver lining kind of to see, um, see really the folks in the community here come together and support Mm -hmm. each other so much. And, uh, as they have a lot of experience doing also right with natural disasters and other things. Um, Yeah. yeah. Remembering that we're kind of out here, out here in the middle of the ocean, it's just us, right? At the end of yeah, the day. Yeah. So we got to pull together and support yeah. each other. Yeah, exactly. You learn to be very resourceful, um, you know, and I think it, it, it just opened us up to, to other possibilities of, you know, reaching out and making new connections, I think, that were formed, you know, because of this. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we, you know, like you said, there's silver lining to everything. So I think that's one of the big things. Um, I guess anything else you want to share, Emily, about your program or the needs assessment? Uh, sure. I think one of the things we could share, you know, from the, the 2021 survey is we were asking about changes that that producers might have made to their operations. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of folks have made changes, you know, as Shannon, you mentioned pivoting, yeah. right? Like that's been kind of this, I think we've yeah. heard that word more in the last 18 yeah. months than in <laughs> I know. the previous 18 years. But um, but it's so true, right? And so a lot of what we saw 
over 50% of the respondents mentioned that they had changed something about their marketing. And again, over 50% reported that they had changed something in their distribution system. So whether that be shifting to online sales or um, developing a CSA, you know, those are, those are ways of pivoting so we can um, just be, be really flexible and adaptable in the situation. Uh, And a lot of folks also mentioned change to their labor and workforce. Uh, And I thought what's interesting out of this is that we asked them if they thought these changes would be permanent, even after the pandemic is no longer part of our lives. And again, more than half of them said yes, that they thought these changes would be permanent. Um, So anecdotally, you know, I talked to one farmer who used to go to something like six or eight farmers markets every week. Um, And if you can imagine Wow, what that entails a lot <laughs> as a That's small a farm. Yeah. As a small farm to have to be out there, uh, it's a huge time commitment. And now they mm-hmm. switch to online sales and said, "Well, you know, we're going back to a couple of the markets, but we're not going to be killing ourselves like trucking all over the island like we had been before." Yeah, um, to find that better balance. So, um, yeah, so I think that there are some really interesting changes and things like that that came out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, technology. Um, in a way, is a very big lifesaver, I think, in this sense for the pandemic for the farmers and being able to switch to those different um, resources for sales and getting online and whatnot and just sharing, right, where you can actually yeah. get um, what you need as far as locally, you know, for produce and other protein sources and whatnot. So that's very mm-hmm. interesting. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And one last thing I wanted to share also, um, kind of linking back to, you know, to this project, to the SO project, the Seeds of Wellbeing, is just to just to take a minute to acknowledge the incredible degree of stress that everyone has yes. been under mm-hmm. and that farmers and ranchers are people first and foremost, just like the rest of us, right, with um, mm-hmm. families that they're, con- yes. that they're concerned about and the day-to-day life. And I think that the, um, you know, that's an added layer uh, oh yeah. There's, the op- there's their farm operations or ranch mm-hmm. operations, but then thinking about you know like the pandemic impacts on if they have kids at home who are going to mm-hmm. school or maybe not going to school, trying to support that. <laughs> I like can 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 sympathize <laughs> with some of that. I think. Yeah, that's you know that was the hard thing. It's like now you have to figure out how am I going to switch my markets or what do I need to do to continue my sales and produce you know have that income coming in. But now if I have a little kicky on my side going, mommy, 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 I need this. That makes it even harder, right? Or daddy, come and help me, you know, whatever. So yeah, that's um, definitely adds another layer um, and another little Mm -hmm. jump off of your your little web that you need to (laughs) figure out, right? So day-to-day comes a little bit different, but yeah. And also also the stress, I think a lot of of agricultural families also have off farm income, yeah. you know, and in many cases that Some can be income lost loss. Those. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it was very um, important that survey that you did. And I think provided um, ourselves, you know, the other extension agents look back and at that information and whatnot, and we able to produce some programs to help. So Thank you, Emily, for, you know, coordinating all that. I know Shannon was on your team as well, getting all of that together. So um, thank you guys for doing that. And thank you so much, Emily, for being here today to share with us about the needs assessment and um, being on the show and coming to talk story with Shannon and I. 
Okay. The only thing I'd want to, I just want to add also just to maybe to say, um, you know, mahalo to you both for having me on today and also a, a huge mahalo to uh, all of our project teams, yes. team members that made the needs assessment happen both in 2020 and 2021 and mahalo to all of our agricultural producers across the island for continuing to work so hard and do what you do to make sure that um, that agriculture here can continue even in the hardest of times. Yeah. Yes, thank you, Emily. So, and as for everybody else listening, be sure to visit the Seeds of Wellbeing or So website and our YouTube channel listed in the show notes. Yeah, for additional information about this topic, you can see the journal articles and the COVID-19 emergency fact sheets that are linked below and listed in our show notes of the podcast and description box of our YouTube page. And also just a quick reminder, if you haven't already, please complete our soul needs assessment survey. (laughs) That will also be in the show notes and the description box. Yeah, we'll put all those links in there for you. So thanks for listening to the Soul Podcast. Yes. And before we go, show some love for your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to this podcast. Then stay tuned for next month. <laughs> yep. Great. Thanks for Mahalo. listening. Mahalo. Bye-bye.